BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, before we get into the show, a super quick reminder. When you leave ratings and reviews for our show, it helps us so much. Even if you don't feel like writing out a review, if you just push those stars buttons, give us a strong review, it helps other people find us. And that is so good for us. Thank you so much for all of your support. a thing or two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. Two things people have been doing a lot of lately, and it just makes me feel so like supported and like we have this wonderful community of listeners that I just love. A hundred percent. We are getting great voicemails. We're getting great DMs. It's all, it's, I'm grateful for all of it. And like one, some that are, you know, for sharing publicly, mm-hmm. but some yeah. that are also just like, I feel like you need to know about this yourself <laughs> yes. personally. Like yes. here's a line of Miffy PJs mm-hmm. that we need, that need to be on your radar. I also got really great recommendations when I asked for books on women artists, especially women who are mothers. And I was like, I realized it was like, I'm just ordering every single one. Like anybody, you just send me a book. I'll, I will order it immediately. I'll tell you the ones that I got multiple recs for. Please. One that came in a lot was Ninth Street Women. I've been wanting to read that so yeah, badly. Me, me too. So I was like, right. I clearly need to pull the trigger on this. The other one that I got multiple recommendations for was Daybook, The Journal of an Artist by Ann Truitt. And then another one that just came in that I was really excited about is about Ruth Asawa. It's called Everything She Touched, The Life of Ruth Asawa. And I talked also on that episode about how much I love Wendy McNaughton. And Wendy had just done an episode of her podcast, her Draw Together podcast on Ruth Asawa. And I was like, I feel like I I need to just like lean into this Ruth Asawa moment. There's also a children's book about Ruth Asawa that people really love. So there was also the Gwyneth drama yeah. about the Gwyneth <laughs> home Ruth tour Asawa. drama about Ruth Asawa and her fake yes. Ruth Asawa. So there's just a lot yep. of Ruth Asawa swirling around mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, um, indeed. She's <laughs> having a moment. Should we use this as a transition to celebrity content? We should. We should. <laughs> we figured we would take a moment to talk about JLo because we feel like, you know, there's some not that timely things to say about her that we've been wanting to say. Yeah. Well, I guess I think we both had revelations about her recently. Yeah. I've long been a fan of Benefer, what I like to call Benefer V1 2.0, but the general public refers to as Benefer 2.0. It's just <laughs> the best celeb story to come in the last like at least five years. I think it has to be For sure. it's so good. And somebody recommended- I don't this- think that's a controversial opinion. No, it just, it's <laughs> nothing better. It's so, so satisfying. Somebody recommended this romance novel to me that comes out in June called How to Fake It in Hollywood by Ava Wilder. And I just want to 
so it's a it's a celeb romance novel, which is my favorite genre. And it is very much feels like it's based on Ben Affleck. Like the the male lead it was a lifelong movie star with a, who makes movies with his best friend. And he's just- Does he been, have a dragon back tattoo? Not mentioned. Uh, it's actually a phoenix. Okay. <laughs> a phoenix. Excuse me, <laughs> right? Phoenix, phoenix. Oh my God. How and, could I And forget? Jennifer Garner is the ashes. Right. Correct. Bless okay. his soul. But so it feels very like not loosely based on Ben Affleck in that way. And I loved the book. I also, side note, obviously read the acknowledgments and the author thanks her fellow hooligans in the acknowledgments and the hooligans are what fans of the celeb podcast who weekly call themselves. So I just felt validated in my love for this book. I was like, this is someone who takes her celeb gossip seriously. And she definitely really (laughs) applied that to this novel. All of which is to say it really, this book, despite not being like about Benefer or based on Benefer, it really sent me back down a Benefer rabbit hole. Yes, a hundred percent. Like I was just, it just made me like want to go deep on all of this. Basically the plot is that this young ingenue who for some reason to me felt very Dakota Johnson slash like Lily Collins gets- um, I'm going to go with Lily Collins meant for my own emotional sake. In the beginning, that's what works for me. But I will say that by the end, the ingenue is like friends with the fake Ben Affleck's ex-wife in the way that Mm. Dakota Johnson and Gwyneth are definitely friends. Mm. So I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. where that's happening here. But they get together as a fake couple in Uh in similar to the book that we, we read. The view was exhausting. Yes. So they're like put together by PR, which I also, which is a trope, which is like a trope in general. And like, even in the non-celebrity romance novels, you know, the fake relationship trope. Totally. So they get together as a fake relationship, but that obviously end up falling in love. How could you not? Yeah. And I guess it deals like with a little, it it just, it felt very realistic to me, despite my limited understanding of what is actually realistic in the celeb world, but I really enjoyed it. It felt very similar to me to another romance novel that comes out soon that everybody's really excited about called Funny You Should Ask by Elisa Sussman. It feels like a good sort of like companion piece to it. That one also felt very based on Ben Affleck to me. (laughs) Another. Do you think it's all based on Ben Affleck or do you think this is like where your mind wants to go? Well, definitely both. So the Elisa Sussman one, the funny you should ask, is definitely based on the Chris Evans, Edith Zimmerman Zimmerman GQ GQ profile, profile, where Edith Zimmerman like ends up getting really drunk with Chris Evans and like maybe hooking up with him, maybe not. I don't know. That is the entire premise of the book. But then in this book, the male lead goes off like on a bender, sort of like screws up his career, goes to rehab a bunch of times, divorces his wife, then reconvenes with the profile writer. So to me, it feels like they all have elements of Ben Affleck. And I think mm-hmm. ultimately, like Ben Affleck is the is the, the movie star of our time. Like how can these not all have elements of Ben Affleck? Well, I was going to say it's make like, yes, your mind goes there, but also the collective mind. Yes, The exactly. collective mind goes there. Like, can you imagine like Matt Damon being the person in either of these? <laughs> no, no, no. And that's the thing. It's like not even like Ben Affleck is the actor of our time. He's just the movie star of our time. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's the celeb of our time in this way. Okay. I accept this. I accept this. Okay. So this, this caused a like JLo deep dive also pairing this with the release of marry me, of course, um, of course. which you a, had watched. Yeah. And you fi- told me I should watch. A fi- I was like, it was bad. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I, and it seems to know it's bad. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't, I don't think anything that I, any of the promotion of the film made me feel like, oh, this movie thinks it's a good movie mm-hmm. and we should watch it. It's like, no, this is a romantic comedy with J-Lo and they're singing and I don't know what else you're asking for. 
Like to ask for it to be good would be way too much. I'm not asking for anything except anybody other than Owen Wilson. Because I, yeah, 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 I yeah. could have said everything you just said about it, but Owen Wilson absolutely ruined it for me. He was uncalled for. Uncalled <laughs> for. Uncalled <laughs> for. Well, I mean, I think the thing that you and I talked about that I feel like is exactly right is that if you're choosing a Wilson, why not Luke? Luke feels yeah. like the right Wilson for this role. Luke, I buy as a math teacher. The thing I really appreciated about this film was that the plot climaxes in Peoria, Illinois, purportedly um, yeah. where I grew up. And I don't think I've experienced that in a film before. Anybody who <laughs> anybody who, who knows a film that culminates in Peoria um, that I'm not thinking of, please tell mm-hmm. me. But that was a real magical treat. Even if, you know, a lot of parts of that experience they got wrong, they did get certain aspects very right, just of like the hell of getting mm-hmm. to Peoria from New York. And they really <laughs> gave you a taste of what that was like for JLo and the snacks on the plane. Because they really, I feel like was it a direct out. flight though in the movie? Or no, did she, no, she flew okay. through Chicago. Okay, they, right. Like when she goes to the ticket counter, they're like, you got to fly through Chicago. <laughs> you were like, yeah, true. You do. True. There is a like kind of ridiculous piece for Vulture that Rachel Handler wrote called An Important Note About Mary Me's Math Competition in Peoria, Illinois, that, you know, as someone who she grew up in the Chicago suburbs. And so she felt like she had like that she could <laughs> shed some light on this, which yeah. I thought was like fascinating content to be putting out to the world. But I think the like getting to see J-Lo sing in kind in these like ridiculous mm. songs was really fun and delightful. Well, I also loved you know, the celebrity gossip fanatic in me loved that she produced this movie and this person is like loosely based on her, obviously. And it was nice to sort of be like, okay, so you, you're giving us what you feel is like a, at least somewhat authentic portrayal of what it's like to be you or someone in your shoes to some extent. Totally. You're buying into this. Yeah. My yeah. favorite piece of ancillary, con- marry me ancillary content was courtesy of Ben Affleck who as an early Valentine's Day gift to Jennifer Lopez did like a homemade music video of the Uh song On My Way to You, which is like the second main pop song to come out of this film. On My Way to You is just about how like the the premise of it is like, even before I knew you, I was always just going through life making my way to you. Yeah. Destiny. Um, Destiny. So, you know, Ben felt it had relevance to their story and basically made an incredibly cheesy music video with all of this footage of each of them before they knew each other. So like we're getting, we're getting Matt Damon cameos. We're getting like super skinny Ben Affleck, like dancing on the set of early homemade videos. We're getting fly girl JLo. And then we're getting footage from their first relationship. And then, you know, all through the years until, you know, they make their way to each other. It is incredibly cheesy and truly not very well done for someone who not only is- Has resources. Yeah, who's like, not only has the resources, but is a filmmaker. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. I wasn't even right. I didn't even put that piece together necessarily. Writer, yeah, producer, sure. director, all he's been in all sure, the sure. chairs. Sure, sure, sure. Um, he's yeah. yeah, he knows people with cameras. I yeah. do encourage you to watch it, if only because I don't know, I found it entertaining and JLo shared it with her fan club and then it made its way through to the rest of the internet. Thank you so much to Best Fiends for sponsoring today's episode. When you were looking for like a 60 second distraction, like way out of your own head, that is not social Mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. We have lots of thoughts. Yes, we do. One of them is unsubscribe from a marketing email or a handful Mm. of marketing emails. Yes. I mean, listen, you know, I don't like cleaning out my inbox, but there's just something Mm -hmm. like deeply satisfying about being like, no, I actually don't need this from a a brand that I like bought one gift from six years ago. (laughs) I don't need to hear what they're up to four times a week. I'm good. Thank you. 
It is, it's satisfying. It's fairly mindless and it's not looking at social media or the news. So a lot of wins. Something else that is all of those things is playing best fiends. We all need a moment to turn our brain off and lose track of time sometimes. And you know what? A game can be exactly the answer. Best Fiends is a mobile puzzle game that you can download for free and start playing today, whether you have a few minutes or a few hours. You'll end up losing yourself in it because Best Fiends is so much fun. It's a puzzle game that features tons of cute characters that help you solve thousands of fun puzzles. The more you play, the more characters you collect. And the more you win, the more challenges you face. New characters and challenging puzzles are added all the time so you never get bored. And there are tons of fun events where you can win in-game rewards. With thousands of levels, you can play forever without getting bored. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. We've been trying to talk about things that we do for our mental health and things mm-hmm. that kind of help us along. And as tired as I am of cooking these days and just like need to have like the go-to recipes that I can make in my sleep, I've been reminded about the like different way that my brain operates when I'm making something new and that I can mm. like get lost in it in yes. that way. So last night I made these stuffed mushrooms largely. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Stuffed mushrooms on a Monday night. Look at look wow. at me. And it was mostly because I bought too much mascarpone and was like, now I have mascarpone <laughs> okay. in my fridge. Like, what am uh-huh. I, whatever. Uh-huh. But like the process of reading through the recipe and not really knowing what's going to happen next. And like, what am I doing with the lemon? I'm zesting it. Okay, whatever. It's just like a different kind of head clearing thing. And it's good for me. It's a little meditative. You can't think about anything else, you know? And thing. and someone's telling you what to do. You're not having to think about what to do. I'm not the boss of it. I'm not That's the right. boss of it. <laughs> In addition to making recipes that are new to you, talking to a licensed therapist can also help you feel better. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online so you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states and four modes of communication, text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours and schedule weekly secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Anything you share is confidential. And if for any reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a different one. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much for supporting the sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you this show every week. Well, hello, I'm Katie Maloney, and you probably know me from a little show called Banner Bumber Rolls. I've been labeled all kinds of things, a bitch, a bully, and a mean girl. But there is so much more to a person than what you see on TV. Tune in every Friday as I talk to some of my friends and castmates, celebrities, comedians, medical professionals, and maybe some political figures. And by the time we're done, you're going to love me. How do we think A-Rod feels about this? Mm. Like, I feel like this is actually what he had wanted to put out when he did his weird content production around their relationship, (laughs) but he never took it right to here. Well, here's what I would say to A-Rod. You may feel like Ben is like scooping you in that way, but Mm. actually Ben was there first because the other like really public over the top gesture that Ben famously made for J-Lo, which I recently learned about, (laughs) is that he took out a full page ad basically praising J-Lo's work ethic 
after they did Geely together while she was still married. A full page ad in the Hollywood Reporter that made like an a for your consideration ad. Yes, more or less. Basically, yeah. Like basically, so I learned about this from this podcast, just like us, the tabloids that changed America. It's on the Ringer Dish, and it's hosted by Claire Malone, who's a staff writer at the New Yorker, and it's fun, but it's also like well done. It just looks at you know all of the angles of like how tabloids have shaped us and vice versa. Basically, JLo was nominated for Show West's Female Star of the Year and it's customary for like producers and directors and people and their production like agents, companies yeah, yeah, to yeah, put yeah. out these full page ads in the trades. So it was really weird that Ben Affleck took out this <laughs> His own ad that said, you have shown kindness, dedication, diligence, humility, graciousness of spirit, beauty and courage, great empathy, astonishing talent, real poise and true grace. It has been nothing but an honor and a pleasure to work with you. I only wish I were lucky enough to be in all your movies. Signed with love, respect and gratitude, Ben Affleck. <laughs> With love, respect, and gratitude. Which I just, yeah. And she was still married. And then, you know, by the end of the year, she was not still married and she was with him. <laughs> so to bring this back to A-Rod, like he was, he was there first in every way, not just the content production, you know, totally of, around all of this. Totally. I also do think the A-Rod thing's interesting because J-Lo made this movie while she was still with A-Rod, but it was prophetic in that, you know, her, her fiance cheated on her in the movie and in real life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do you, would you consider me a scholar of Benefer at this point or no? I think you could definitely teach an intro course. <laughs> like, I think we'd need to bring in someone else for the 200 mm -hmm. level, but yeah. I think no, the, I think the <laughs> freshman seminar is yours. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I could TA the freshman seminar. I actually don't think I could. I, could I think you could entirely TA. on my own. I think you could be the, the favorite T TA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I do actually feel like I could put together a strong syllabus for this. The other thing I didn't want to lose sight of mm -hmm. in all in this mm -hmm. JLo recon is something that I, th I knew at some point, but like revisited recently, mm -hmm. which was that JLo is the reason we have Google Images. Incredible. And specifically the JLo jungle green print dress. The Versace dress. green dress. Yes. Yeah. The one like the one you picture when the you one. picture JLo in a dress. Yeah. The reason we have Google Images is because people wanted to see that dress. And <laughs> because it, it made such a splash. It made such a splash. And there's a really good GQ article about this from a couple of years ago, where basically Eric Schmidt, who was a former Google CEO and executive chairman, he like he calls this out at some point and mm -hmm. says people wanted more than just text. The first became apparent after the 2000 Grammy Awards where Jennifer Lopez wore a green dress that well caught the world's attention. At the time, it was the most popular search query we had ever seen, but we had no surefire way of getting users exactly what they wanted. JLo wearing that dress. Google image search was born. Thank God. I just love I it. I use Google image search, I think as much, if not more than I use regular Google. So thank you. Thank you so much to Jennifer Lopez for this gift. Another joy is that in, in Donatella Versace's spring 2020 show, that collection was based around that dress. And then at the end of the show, they did this thing where they like, there was a command. There was like Google image search field on the, on a, like a screen. And it was like, okay, Google show the Versace jungle dress. And then it was like all of these images. And then the command was, okay, Google show me the real Versace jungle dress. And then JLo came out amazing. I knew she walked in that show in that dress, but I did not know about the, You didn't know there was the like AV. a search. There yeah. was a search engine <laughs> screen as part of it. I Weird. did not know about that. Wow. I love mm -hmm. that. I really mm -hmm. love it. I also didn't know, I can't remember where this came up, but that it had been worn by like a handful of other celebs before she wear it. Like Ginger Spice wore it, did not create Google <laughs> totally. image search. JLo wore it. 
boom, world changed. Search. Yeah. The world changed. Yeah. The world changed. I Remarkable. just, I just love it all so much. Okay. The second thing we wanted to talk about today is that we did a bigger, broader home trends roundup a few weeks ago, but there were a couple of like littler things that we were seeing that we were mm-hmm. basically too excited about not to talk about. Well, and that we just didn't get to because we went on so long about obviously about, you know, marbled wallpaper and whatnot and Neurono glass. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can I just say that I felt when we, I went to New Orleans the a week or two after we recorded and was kicking myself because there were so many examples everywhere I looked, everywhere I turned of all the trends we talked about. And I was like, I should have told them about this. We should have found this. Every single one of these trends that we talked about was on display. It was crazy. It was happening. It was all happening. What were yeah. the places that mm. you felt like were the spots that were showing it all off the most? I mean, the two places that I was obsessed with were the hotel where we stayed, Hotel St. Vincent, and then this other hotel that you have stayed in called Hotel Peter and Paul, which are both, they're very different from each other, but they're both, I just thought like such feats of design, just so incredibly well done and so much fun to look at. And they're both big hotels with multiple different spaces and eating establishments and event spaces. So you get to see them execute different design ideas, but like all tied to a theme across different spaces. Like I just found it extremely cohesive. Yeah. I just, I found it so, so just exciting to be around. But both of them had really awesome murals, like painted walls, which we had talked about. One of them that I love so much, which I did kick myself for forgetting to talk about because I had been aware of it was that Hotel Peter and Paul has these armoires that are painted a solid color and then have these really minimal trompe l'oeil lines to sort of make it look like molding on them, which Mm -hmm. I think is so well done. And Mm -hmm. if you were like halfway skilled with painting, you could absolutely do yourself. And they just looks so awesome. But then they all, both Hotel Peter and Paul and one of the bars at Hotel St. Vincent had these beautiful wall murals that were just like painted walls. St. Vincent had so much Murano glass happening everywhere. It looked really good. Just, yeah, uh, both of them just really killing it. Very worth visit. Like I, I would go to the to New Orleans for a weekend just to see both these spaces. They were so beautiful. Since we're on the topic of painted mm-hmm. furniture, can we dig into that a little bit more? Yes, please. I've been buying furniture for Cam's room. Yeah. And what I realize is that I'm really gravitating towards this idea of painted furniture that I think has really just been pushed forward by that, but this like new British vibe that Beta Human and Matilda Goad have really been like making happen. And I had this epiphany about Matilda Goad that like you never actually see wood in any of her homes that she designs. It's all painted and it gives off this really beautiful color blocked vibe that just looks like different and exciting and new and, and immersive, immersive. And I I think after, like, after all like neutrals were such a thing and mid-century modern was such a thing. And there was like so much teak and oak and like pale woods, not seeing any wood feels really different. And yeah, for sure. And so I was just like, oh, that's part. I, I hadn't identified that that's part of what was working for me so much about these spaces was these like pieces of really nice furniture that are painted these poppy colors. And in looking for furniture for Cam's room, because I'm buying a lot of secondhand, a lot of it is not matching wood. And so I was like, oh, one way to get around this would just be to paint it all and not worry about if like one thing's walnut and one thing's oak and it looks weird together. And it was also inspired in part by the podcast that we produced for Jenny Kane called Details Matter. And we interviewed Leanne Ford and she was, and when we interviewed her specifically about designing on a budget and so many of her ideas just kept coming back to like paint the thing. She also was like, you can paint a new thing. Like 
that was the thing that I feel yeah. like really like was memorable for me of just being like, oh, she's like, she's like, you all know we can paint old things. You buy an old thing, you can paint it, you can like whatever, give it a give it a fresh coat or whatever. But you can buy something and paint it. That's yeah. like you own the thing. That is your right. Like right. <laughs> you don't like you're not hemmed in by anything. Go for it. How are you attacking the painting? Mm, good question. Well, I started by emailing a bunch of people and getting quotes, and they were all more expensive than the furniture itself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So. I think we may try to paint one or two things ourselves. I will say I have tried painting before and not done a great job because I painted some wood shelves that we have in our house. And it was... I think those look nice, no? Well, you've not looked at them up close, I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. I'm, listen, I think you and I would both yeah. be super critical of these things of these things when we do them ourselves, of yeah. course, because there's like a drip and you're like, why did I let that happen? And right. all of that, yeah. I think... I think these things are totally doable yourself. I think to really do it right. And if you want it to look good, there's so much involved. Like you have to sand things, you have to prime things. It's ideal if you can disassemble it. And then there's techniques to painting corners and you need, you actually like need to buy a bunch of stuff like drop cloths and rollers and roller covers and painter tapes and brushes and like consider what type of brushes and some of the furniture we are leaving unpainted one of the the dresser I bought him has these drawers that have kind of like a four mica front. So it's a complicated, like it's definitely going to have to be primed and use a weird paint. So yeah. I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's not that expensive because I it's a drawer. So I can just take the drawers out. So we're going to get those painted. But I am, will say that I'm quite intimidated by the idea of doing it myself. I think that's completely understandable. The most compelling case for doing it yourself that I've seen recently is Erin Boyle, who's behind the blog, reading my tea leaves. She like loves painting a thing. And I think in a very Leanne Ford way where she's just like paint it white, like Mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter what's underneath because you're just going to paint it white and it's going to look great. And she is obsessed with something that's basically called super bonding primer that in Hmm. some cases gets you out of sanding. Not in every case. That's huge. The sanding is such a mess. Oh like, yeah. Well, and like the tools stuff. to sand, yeah. to do a really good job sanding. That's a whole other thing. You can rent sanders and stuff at Home mm-hmm. Depot, which is, you know, nice for all, like all of these tools, you can mm-hmm. like rent them, which is nice, but right. man, yeah, it's sanding is just such a mess. So the primer she likes is called Sticks, S-T-I-X, you know, like pixie mm-hmm. sticks yeah. um, primer from Benjamin Moore. And she has a great video of like painting a dresser that basically is not disassembled. She's just doing it like while the thing's in the closet and it looks like the lightest lift way you could possibly do this. This is like, feels like the right approach for something that you like found on a curb, not like something that you bought and are planning on having forever and that, you know, whatever. I do want to watch it. I think it'll inspire me because she is someone who kind of makes things look easy in, in their, like not, not overly wrought. Not overly wrought. Yeah. That's what it is. She makes yeah. things look not overly wrought. Yeah. She also has a guide on her site for painting trim and kitchen cabinets. And she also makes a note in her trim painting one that if you live in like an old house, you really shouldn't like the sanding thing gets really complicated with like old paint and potential lead mm. paint and those things like you really don't want to like mess with that stuff. So you have to be really extra careful. That's interesting. But I will say I did between the like Leanne Ford it really encouraging us to paint in this podcast episode and then realizing that Matilda Go just paints everything. I was like, oh, this does feel like a way to make things feel fresh. And especially for kids room, make it feel like colorful and useful. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much to Nutrafol for sponsoring today's episode. 
love Nutrafol, love this longtime partner of ours. Also love thinking about just the power of hair and power of hair in pop culture, because there are so many moments that feel just truly burnt in my brain. Chief among them, the Rachel. The Rachel. How old were we then? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Late elementary, early <laughs> yeah. middle school. Yes. Why were why were we getting this haircut that it that like a 25-year-old? <laughs> why was that a thing? I will never forget my friend Aaron Cord in homeroom in sixth grade. Mrs. Harris Sika was our homeroom teacher. But so home <laughs> homeroom, Aaron Cord comes in, her hair's in a ponytail, and she's like, I got the Rachel. But I think it looks terrible. And I like, I'm scared to put my hair down. And then, so we went over to the lockers and like sort of a private place and she pulled her hair down and it actually looked great. I thought it looked wonderful. I remember being very impressed. It was sophisticated. I mean, honestly, people have a lot of things that look not dissimilar from the Rachel right now that <laughs> I've been seeing on streets. I kind of feel like it never fully went out of style. I mean, oh, some and it's like coming back in it. like a more of a melody version. These yes, days. totally, yeah. totally. Anyway, hair is <laughs> a thing. It's important. It's a thing. And if you are struggling to get excited about yours, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. It is made of natural, clinically effective medical grade botanicals for better hair growth through whole body health. And it's physician formulated to be 100% drug free. On top of thicker, stronger hair without lasers or chemicals, Nutrafol's ingredients may also help you get a handle on better sleep, stress, skin, nails, and libido. When you subscribe, you'll receive monthly delivery so you never miss a dose. 77% of women saw improvements in just 90 days. Even if you aren't experiencing thinning hair, Nutrafol can help you grow thicker, stronger hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using the promo code a thing or two for $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it is available to US customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code, a thing or two. Thank you so much to Theragun for sponsoring today's episode. Erica, do you remember the first time I told you about Theragun? Well, it was also the first time I discovered it. It Yeah, you were like deep into marathon training and you were like all into all the gadgets and, and tools and recovery. You were like very into recovery. Joe Holder was helping me train for the marathon and he had used it on my legs. And I had a breakfast meeting with you right afterwards. And I came to the meeting and I was like, you guys, there's this thing just happened to me (laughs) because it's amazing. So I, this was like back before I think a lot of people own them. I think it was mostly just like trainers and and athletes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who had them. And Joe would use it on me occasionally. And it was the best part of anything involved with marathon training. Like, I feel like when you explained it, it felt like a little illicit. You, you know? I remember you interpreting that way. And I was like, yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I, I was like, well, it's just like, you know, it's percussive. Um, it's, percussive. Is how, it's percussive. It is wonderful. And I was during the pandemic, we actually bought one of our own. This was, I, I was long past marathon training at this point, but Joe used to use it on my back occasionally too. And I, as you know, get migraines and this thing helps so much relieve the tension in my shoulders and neck that ultimately is what leads to my migraines. I remember when I got it, Chris was so suspicious. He was like, what is this new piece of 
technology in our house that we don't need. Of course, now we like wrestled out of each other's arms. I am obsessed with it. I love it. I, I think it's the greatest. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndra Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash a thing or two right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash a thing or two. Therabody.com slash a thing or two. Related to that, Mm -hmm. yellow furniture. I'm so into yellow furniture right now. Why? Well, one, I think that because the interior design community wants me to be into it. Do you remember when when dark green velvet couches were everywhere? Like every site you go on where you can customize your own fabric, they always have a yellow velvet option. And it's like that goldenrod yellow, that like center of a daisy yellow. It reminds me, do you remember in like 2010 when everybody had that golden yellow H&M cardigan? Of course. It might've been Zara. I don't know. I just remember everybody had this cardigan. It's that color yellow. And which I just think is such a good neutral. Like it go, and because jewel tones are happening again, it, it just feels like a really, it pairs well with that. And I think part of why it works so well and why it's happening is this is basically a way to do a neutral that's also a color. I think it looks so good with bright blue. I also think, and this I got from Hotel Peter and Paul, it looks so good with like a salmon pink. Totally terracotta. I do think that you're right about it, how it can feel more neutral because I think it does look really nice with pale woods and whites, Mm -hmm. which like, you know, worse were happening so much that it's like, it's an easy color to add to that mix while it still feels like bright and light. Exactly, exactly. It's also gender neutral. So it works for a kid's room. There's this kid's room tour in Domino where I guess the kid's favorite color was yellow and she really wanted everything to be yellow. And I realized the room is just full on stick of butter vibes. It's just, it's just a stick of butter, all the yellows and creams and whites. And it looks so good. Shout out to Harling Ross. Yes. Shout out to Harling Ross. Indeed. I also, there was this really good architectural digest home tour recently. It's, um, whose home is it? Grace Morton. She's a Hollywood producer and this interior designer, Billy Cotton, whose stuff I generally just really like. He has these gorgeous velvet yellow couches in this room that is otherwise like all sort of, I don't know, Moroccan vibes. And the house is like Spanish colonial. Yeah. And the colors are more cool in the room in general, but it's like this, this image is burned into my head and it just looks so good. And then I love studio Ashby and the founder of that design firm, Sophie Ashby has these giant yellow couches in her house too. And then, like I said, hotel Peter and Paul, like their primary color is really that goldenrod yellow and it looks so good. Well, and they do a lot of stripes and gingham, which mm-hmm. I think looks really nice in that colorway, like a little more surprising than yeah. a blue or a red or something. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Something that I was seeing in hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, are, <laughs> it's like the only place we're getting our interior design inspiration. I mean, days. listen, we're yeah. not going play. We're not, you know, no, we're whatever. Not. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the truth. Wood paneled walls 
and just like extreme built-ins. And like, I love a built-in. There's just something really magical about making the absolute best use of a little wall or a nook or whatever. But the energy is like a little bit sauna, a little bit like cabin of a sailboat. Mm -hmm. It's not like actual cabin in the woods and it's not like the library and knives out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's 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 less, it's not dark. It's not dark. And it's, it's like a smooth it, kind of polished, mm-hmm. like it's not curvy, not curvy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the Soundview Hotel in Greenport on the North Fork of Long Island is a great example of this um, with their rooms, which are it's like this renovated motel right on the sound. And they have like a lot of this going on. There's also this ski resort in France designed in the 60s and 70s by a woman named Charlotte Perriand. And it's called Les Arcs Ski Resort. And it's like, it's just like this perfectly designed little thing. The walls are curved, but mm-hmm. you know, the like, pa- the like the panels are, are straight or linear. The panels are straight. Exactly. Yeah. And the wood has a lot of personality. There are knots and it just, it doesn't feel like overwrought. Right. Basically there is a house. I need you to look at this one, Claire. I did look. Yes. <laughs> so this designer, Jane Hallworth, did the home for the Tinder co-founder, Sean Rad and his wife, Lizzie Grover Rad. And this library room is like fully wood paneled, like every, you know, every nook up to the ceiling. And it looks like a sauna. It looks, it truly looks like a sauna, mm-hmm. but with leather couches. Yes. It includes a 1970s Apple II computer on a tree stump, which <laughs> like Why? I kind of just need everyone to see. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. I, I think related to this, there's just more brown happening. And yeah, general. brown is definitely happening in fashion for sure. And I'm not sure that I'm okay with that, but it's happening. Yeah. Because you're not really a brown gal. No, I've rejected that color for some time. One of the example of this that I liked so much was Wall for Apricots, which is a great interior design firm, Instagram from one of their projects. And there you can see in the background these giant mm. wood panels instead of being strips of wood. I mean, uh-huh. I cannot imagine how expensive <laughs> this must be, uh-huh, uh-huh, but they're like uh-huh. massive rectangular wood panels. So it's like a high ceiling house and there's just two panels sort of between the ceiling and the floor. And it just looks so minimal and beautiful and unexpected because you just don't normally see giant panels of wood like that. That big. Yeah, no, totally. That's spare. It's really good. Yeah. It's sort of the opposite of the the painted see no wood vibe from see all wood yeah see all wood do you know what I remembered the other reference of the all painted wood that I needed to call out please something that you love Hotel Le Daguerre in Paris yes no you can't see any wood it's all painted it's all color block it was like it's just all colors it I, I just needed to throw that in as an Please, please, please. The other sort of like pop of color thing that you mm-hmm. called out that I thought was very compelling and that I had not seen before were these Swedish tiled stoves. Oh my God, they're so cool. I didn't realize, so I, I'd never seen them before either. Somebody did a whole, a jeweler that I follow on Instagram did a whole deep dive into them. But then when I started looking at them, I found in that way that you do, like, a 2015 article that was like, these things are happening again. And then even like a 1995 New York Times article that was like, these things are happening again. I'd never even heard of them, but I guess these things just come around every 15 Every years. five years, yeah. Swedish child stoves are happening again. Right. Yes, apparently. So they're called Kakalung. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. Kakalung. I, yeah, sweet, Swedish is hard. It's surprising they haven't come up earlier because tile just keeps becoming more and more of a thing, like tile everywhere, fully tiled everything. Do you know what I saw the other day that I loved? 
It was like a wood floor with tile inlaid right under a dining room table. Oh, that's cool. As like a rug almost, yeah. but like a tile rug. Just, wow. I mean, just so much tile. So much that's tile. That's really cool. Yeah. No, tile's really happening. So these things are these giant floor to ceiling stoves. They They look like fireplaces sort of, but you can like pull them in and out of a house and they're not like going up through the roof through a flue and they're fully tiled and they are mostly like pale their whites and blues and beautifully sort of hand-painted tiles and stuff and you can still I think they're mostly sourced vintage but there are still people who make and sell them I saw, found at least like two one person who makes sort of like modern more minimal looking ones and then this Lindholm Kaklugnar both sells and installs them and I think they're sort of the, the OG go-tos for this thing. I was in one of these pieces about like these things are happening again on this blog, Messy Nessie Chic. She described them as looking like giant elaborate chess pawns, which I thought yes. was like a very, a very, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm, yep. That, that is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I loved that when they originated in the 18th century, they were a fuel saving thing. Mm-hmm. So the idea mm-hmm. is that because of the way that they radiate heat, one small fire kept a room warm for up to 12 hours. So you only needed to make two fires a day. Amazing. Which like yeah. in the 18th century, anything you can do that is efficient. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like take it. Absolutely I assume take that it. people who have them use them as a warming device. You I don't think know. so. This yeah. woman, I, there's this home tour of this woman, Mary Nelson Sinclair, who's this painter whose work I actually really like. And she has one in her dining room in upstate New York. And like, it looks to me like the type of thing they're probably still using. I think, did you, you were also the one who pointed out to me on Commune Designs Instagram, this picture, picture of Victor Hugo's fireplace. Did Oh, which, yeah, I, yes, yes. Which wow, is not yes. a collapse, but it's definitely the same vibes. It's just a fully tiled fireplace with an elevated H made also out of hand-painted tiles. It's, the same um, vibes. Claire, for sure. don't forget that there's H's on the side of the fireplace too. Mm, yeah. Well, there are H's in various places, but just yeah. like this, this mix of Delft tiles. It's yeah. really, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I just, yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to own one of these, but I do appreciate the look. I also just think sometimes like a common thing people will do with fireplaces is just tile the bottoms and the little like part that juts out a little bit, which mm-hmm. I think is so pretty. And I love so that pretty. Look. Yeah. And I like the idea of these like sort of a little bit more like feminine tiles. Yeah. Or like, I don't totally. know, you know. Yeah, they're very romantic looking. They're, romantic. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, romantic. Really nice. You know what I'd like to talk about for a moment? Before you went to New Orleans, yes. you were a little bit suspicious. I just, of New okay, Orleans. for two reasons. One, the cuisine has never been my thing. And I felt like that's the reason a lot of people go is because they love Creole and Cajun food. And it's just never been my thing. It's adjacent to my thing. But this I, is correct. But correct. I don't like... I don't love po' boys. I don't love jambalaya or gumbo. I always feel like the spice overpowers things in, in, in gumbo and jambalaya. And I like spicy things. I just like, I want more acidity and umami than I normally get. And then the other thing is that New Orleans is like extremely one of your places in the yeah. same way that Palm Springs is. And I am just not a Palm Springs person. And I was just like Those worried. Those places have nothing in common, well, of except cor- that they're both places. Well, but here's what they do have in common. Okay. And I preface this by saying I ended up loving New Orleans. They're both places that are like really committed to a theme. They're really committed to a theme. Palm Springs has just never been for me. Whenever I'm there, I just feel claustrophobic. And I just was like basically worried that whatever it is that you loved about Palm Springs and that I don't was going to be the same thing that you loved about New Orleans and that it was not going to respond to. 
I'm sorry that my love of Palm Springs painted New Orleans in this way. For well, you. it's also, I wasn't, it's, it's not as if I was like turning down opportunities to go there. <laughs> it just was never first. I was never like, I refuse to go here because Erica likes it so much. And she also likes <laughs> Palm Springs and I don't like Palm Springs. There are plenty of places that you and I both like. I exactly. just felt like they were both these like theme towns that well, I just, I like a place that has a strong personality. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are not that many places in the United States that, especially of that size, that feel like they have just like such a strong sense of who they are and like cling to that. And they do it in very different ways. Nashville is the other place that I mm-hmm. think historically is like that, yeah. although it's becoming just like so much more of a tourist. But yeah. I will say about New Orleans that within hours of getting there, I felt like ashamed and embarrassed that I'd never been because it felt like such an important part or just like an important and special part of American culture. And I felt like it was crazy that I had not experienced it. And I was like, this was like irresponsible of me not to have been here. (laughs) I will say too, that like we were, I unwittingly arrived during Mardi Gras, not like the the actual Mardi Gras weekend, but it goes on for three weeks and three weekends. And we were there for the second weekend. And so we got to really like fully experienced New Orleans culture in that way. And I just immediately was so into it and was like, when are we coming back? When are we bringing Cam? I loved it so much. And I did, I was like, this was like, this was stupid of me and like short-sighted of me to just not proactively come here. I wasn't suspicious of it. Like, I think I'm going to hate it. I was just like, is this where I want to spend my totally. vacation? And totally. I absolutely loved it. And I, I understand why people love Palm Springs. It's not confusing to me. It is just so decidedly not for me. And I think, you know what it, here's another thing maybe about New Orleans is that I'm just not like a crazy party girl. And I was like, oh, like it's a big (laughs) party city. That might've been appealing. What was it drawing me there? You know, I never made that connection, (laughs) but I was like, I mean, yeah. And then it, I was like, oh, I, this party, like there are, this is like a fun festive party. It's a different kind of party. Yeah. I It's a like everybody party. Exactly. It's not Miami. No, it's not. It felt like the world's biggest small town parade to me. Like, yeah. It was, I was so incredibly charmed by it, by all of the people and totally loved my time there and want to go back and want to visit like the Bayou and do that because we didn't do any of that. And even, you know, eat more New Orleans food. I like that concession. When you came back, Thomas was, was asking about, you know, what, what you changing your tune meant and um, did that mean that you liked the food or that you confess to liking the food now? And I said, not really. And he was like, next trip. Next trip. We'll see. I mean, it's like I, because Chris ordered more of the traditional dishes and would be like, oh, it was so good. And I would try it and be like, eh, not for me. I don't know. I think you need more Louisiana hot sauce, you know? For, the, for sure. I do need more Louisiana hot sauce and all of these things, definitely. That's all. Okay. That's the show. Bye. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com.